I'm Kevin DeCristofano. I'm Sean Flanagan. And we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, your weekly podcast that covers the Ninja Turtle comics one long lost villain issue at a time. What's going on, Mr. Flanagan? Well, I discovered in rereading this issue that it's not just my volume one that's falling apart, but volume two is also falling apart. So. Falling apart at the seams? Like yeah. a President's of the United States of America song? Yeah, exactly Obscure like reference. <laughs> but otherwise, I'm good. I'm just, yeah. IDW usually, you know, knocks it out the park with the physical, but not on these. <laughs> you do any good comic book reading this week? Uh, I keep seeing that the last Ronin Lost Years is coming out. Yeah, I think week, that, I think that dropped this week. Yeah, yeah, and I, I haven't been to pick up my books yet, but I think it did. They have a second Turtles Power Rangers crossover book. It looks like. See that one because I'm not that into Power Rangers, and I get everything turtle related, so I'll find out. But I didn't know if that was a new one or if it was like a collection collected edition of the first one. So I'll find that out when I get my books as well. Yeah. So now less. I'm waiting on the trades for Lost Years and the animated 87 series they did. I finished Batman 89 finally. Oh, nice. That I have. I read that. I enjoyed it. I, I like it as a Batman story. I have complicated feelings on it. I like it as a Batman story, but I didn't feel like it completed the assignment, you would say, if you were the teacher. Like, I feel like the Superman 79 really felt like it, like I felt like I was reading the third movie. Like, I, it felt like the Christopher Reeve Superman. And a lot of that, it, it just didn't feel like it was the third Batman movie to me. It was a good Batman story, but no, I don't know. I, something about it didn't feel right. I thought it felt like the third movie. I don't know. I liked it. I thought they did a better Harvey Dent story than The Dark Knight. Maybe it was the art style. It just didn't seem like the Tim Burton movies to me. Although another thing I noticed they did was at the time it was rumored that, um, which one was it? It was one of the Wayans brothers. Oh, Marlon. Marlon Wayans uh, was rumored to be in consideration Robin. for Robin. Yeah. And I did notice in some panels, it kind of looks like they drew Robin that way. Yeah. I liked what they did with that. I, I liked that that story has like smaller stakes than the other two. There's a lot of subtle stuff in there. Like you remember the Batman action figure we talked about on our yep. um, Nintendo podcast. He wears that. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. He wears that in there. It almost felt like the IDW Ninja Turtles or the IDW Ghostbusters comics. I don't read any of their other. Um, what is that called when it's like a franchise? Uh, any of those other comics that there's like a name for that, but um, yeah, the IDW throws in all kinds of Easter eggs and it felt like they were doing that a lot. It's funny. Cause uh, through my comic shop, I just Sorry, kind of was, that's the word I was looking for licensed comics. Sorry. Oh, okay. I, you know, order stuff and uh, they're re-releasing the Batman 1989 movie adaptation comic. So I pre-ordered that. The Batman Forever movie adaptation comic was one of the first comic books I ever had. Not the first, but definitely in that original pile, for sure. 
Oh, you know, the the one thing I wasn't crazy about in Batman 89, this one, was the redesign on Catwoman's outfit. Yeah, I could see that. And like I said, I liked the story. It just didn't feel, I, I don't know. I don't know if you read Superman 79. No, but I, like- I got to get around to that. I feel like that captures the movies more than this captures the Tim Burton movies. Like maybe the argument they're going with here is that a different guy directed this, <laughs> but it just didn't feel it. There's just something very specific about Tim Burton's look. And like, they didn't have any of the tile. They didn't have any of like the, the, those window shadows, you know, <laughs> that he has the long stretched out window. Like none of that type of stuff was in there. Yet it's the same screenwriter as those two movies who wrote that comic. So that's kind of funny. Well, yeah, the the story, like I, I keep saying, the story was great. It's just the visually, it didn't seem like a Tim Burton Batman movie to me. I gotta, I'll, I'll go back and reread it and see what you're talking about. I just, well, yeah, you know, it's an opinion. You could be different. No, no, no. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't notice. I think I was just so happy that it was a thing. Yeah. So... And speaking of things that are things, this week's comic is a thing. Huh? How about that transition? Awful. (laughs) The story is untitled, as is the rest of Image. The cover artist is Frank Fosco. Story by Gary Carlson. Pencils by Frank Fosco. Inks Mark Heakey. Lettering Pat Brousseau. And colors by Adam Gazowski. I butcher names. I'm sorry. To all of you. that he does we and got a I, four star review because or it might have even been less on the podcast because somebody can't stand how i pronounce names sorry hey we're getting so, reviews so that's a positive yeah. <laughs> um, so this uh, is in teenage mutant ninja turtles urban legends volume two and starting volume two two of two by the way so you only need the two if you want to read all the image turtles the cover date is April 1998, so let's go take a look at April of 1998 in every other kind of entertainment. This month in entertainment. Okay, let's take a look at some movies here. This is a pretty, pretty good, you know, I guess you'd say this is the start of summer movies. April. You got, you got, I'm going to save this one actually. I'm going to read this one last. So after that, we got uh, Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. I didn't think that got a theatrical release. You always say that, man. I don't know if these get... These are just movies that came out that month. Movie phone does not discriminate. So it might not have. It might not have gotten a a theatrical release. Uh, Because I'm sure... I don't think this one did. Major League Back to the Miners. Did that get a theatrical release? It did. Oh, it did? Okay. A movie that I saw as a young teenager and it just got in my brain and I loved it and I'm so glad I saw it because it's kind of an obscure movie. Sliding Doors. Yeah, I've still never seen that. It's really, really good. At least, you know, my teenage brain thought it was. And it was one of those things where you remember HBO, you'd get like a free month of HBO every now and then. And there'd be one movie that you would always catch. I'm pretty sure that's how I saw this was during a free month of HBO. And I liked it. Um, Mercury, if if anyone doesn't know, so 
it's a movie where I don't even do you remember who the main actress is? I'm blanking on that. Gwyneth Paltrow? Could be. No, that doesn't sound right. I'm gonna Google this real quick. Okay, so I Googled sliding doors and it's showing me sliding doors I can buy. Sliding doors film. It is Gwyneth Paltrow. That didn't Boom. sound right. Yeah. Um, so Gwyneth Paltrow, it was someone else in my mind. Um, she's coming home from work, I think. This is like a 20-year-old memory. I'm sorry. And anyway, this basically the story splits timelines where in one timeline she gets on her subway train the way she's supposed supposed to, and she comes home at the time she's supposed to come home, and she catches her boyfriend cheating on her. In the other timeline, she misses the subway, so she doesn't catch him cheating. So she ends up staying in the relationship. And like it, the movie keeps cutting back and forth between the two timelines. In the timeline where she caught him cheating, she gets a crazy haircut. So that's how you can tell the timelines apart. And it's it's just a really interesting concept. And I guess I can spoil this a little bit of a spoiler is at the end of the movie, the timelines kind of converge. And it's almost like this, this message that like, you know, no matter what happens in your life, your life is going to work out the way it was supposed to no matter what. Um, so yeah, Mercury rising, another movie that came out. (laughs) Bruce Willis and a kid. I think that's all I remember about it. And the summer blockbuster that kicked off summer of 1998. I mean, there's like. You know, this is a huge franchise, rivals the Fast and the Furious for sequels. At this point, we're on like the 50th movie in this franchise. I mean, everyone can't get enough of Lost in Space with the guy from Friends. And Gary Oldman. And Gary Oldman. That's how they were hyping this movie. Is You remember? Like it was going to be a giant franchise. Which is why it's one movie from 1998 that people probably forgot. Yeah, exactly. Anytime they tell audiences this is going to be a big franchise, it fails. It's always the, well, not always, but a lot of times it's the unexpected stuff that blows up and then you get sequels. I mean, look at Avatar. That's the other example where they're like, this is going to be a franchise. And then 57 years later, they made a sequel. So (laughs) I don't know. All right, let's look at music. The Billboard number one songs April 4th through April 18th was All My Life by Casey and Jojo. It's a good tune. I remember them. Yeah, that's like an eighth grade dance song for sure. Oh, yeah. April 25th, Too Close by Next was the other number one song. That I don't remember. And then Video Games, the Nintendo Power cover was Kobe Bryant's NBA Courtside. Don't know how good that game is because I wasn't really a sports gamer. 1080 Snowboarding is also covered in the issue and... That game does not hold up in a post-Tony Hawk world. I'll tell you that. No, but I'm, I'm still waiting for them to add it online so I can... It's coming. It's, um, it is? They, okay. Yeah, let me actually... I took these notes for our other Nintendo podcast and forgot about them. Uh, so I'll, I'll put it in here for no reason. The other games coming 
to Nintendo Switch Online for the Nintendo 64 channel this year. These have been confirmed. So Mario Party 3, Pokemon Stadium, uh, Pokemon Stadium 2, 1080 Snowboarding, and Excitebike 64 are all coming. All right, so I get to relive the mediocrity. That's good. Okay, so TV events. You remember last month was the month of cancellations. This is not. <laughs> April 4th, this is the, the month of, of rebirth, I guess. April 4th, Cat Dog premieres after the Kids' Choice Awards. And in my mind, is the beginning of the end for Nickelodeon. I never watched Cat Dog. It's like the mile marker in my mind because they had some good stuff after Cat Dog. You know, obviously SpongeBob was hugely successful and they did that for 57 years as well. But um, that's like where I started and maybe it was our age, but that was when I started to notice Nickelodeon is going on the downswing now. April 6th. Long-running British television show, The Teletubbies, begins its run on PBS. I don't remember that being British, but okay. It's because you weren't in the Britain. April 9th, The Price is Right's 5,000th episode is broadcast on CBS. Take that, Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to beat The Price is Right. (laughs) On the show... Every pricing game is played for a car, something Price is Right had only done once before. It's been repeated only once since then. At the beginning of the show, CBS announces it has renamed Studio 33, which is where they film Price is Right, of course, uh, the Bob Barker Studios in honor of the show's then host and executive producer. 5,000. and neuter your animals. April 18th, Disney launches Toon Disney, a channel devoted to animated programs and movies. April 25th, The Adventures of Sam and Max Freelance Police ends after one season and 13 episodes, which we just mentioned, according to my notes here, two episodes ago, two issues of Ninja Turtles ago, that show started. That show only existed for two issues of Ninja Turtles. <laughs> All right. Saturday Night Live, April 4th, was hosted by Steve Buscemi with Ooh. musical guest Third Eye Blind. Nice. <laughs> that is a very 1998 lineup. April 11th was hosted by Greg Kinnear with musical guest All Saints. And it says Bob Hoskins had a small role in one sketch. Wonder what sketch. The Bob Hoskins sketch. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where they're all Bob Hoskins. And then he comes in at the end and says, but I'm Bob Hoskins. And then the curtain comes down, even though Saturday Night Live never had a curtain. Don't look this up. You just believe me. I'm just going with. Yeah. So how about that cover, huh? There sure are some Ninja Turtles on there. So this is another one where I like the original cover a lot and the reprint ones are right. Describe it because I am trying to pull it up. I forgot to get it. So the the reprint is Raph in the Shredder armor 
doing his Wolverine thing with the uh, Psy with two foot soldiers behind him. The better cover, which is the one it originally printed with, is Raph Shredder fighting Bat Splinter, and Bat Splinter has like a Rambo knife. Yeah, I think the Image Comics cover is better. You're right. I think looks just like, because it's insane. That's really the reason I like it. Looks like Raph's kind of given the finger with his sigh. Oh, on the reprint one? Yeah. Yeah. Middle finger in the A. So our story begins like any other. Raphael is wearing the shredder armor and he's pretty much picking up right where we left off last issue. He's still fighting off these mob men. One of them begs him for mercy. Raphael wants to know who ordered this attack. And this mob guy explains that big Tony, cause we're real creative with the mob names, big Tony ordered the assault. And then Raphael gives him a five minute head start to warn the mafia boss that he's on his way, which is very nice of him. Says he, I'm going to come finish this war. As Raphael heads out, he's surrounded by foot soldiers. And one of the foot soldiers is basically like, listen, buddy, you can't be wearing shredders armor. That that's kind of symbolic to us. That's why we kept it in that room, you know, on the stand. (laughs) all like it was a museum dedicated to shredder. I don't think the foot clan knew it was in there. You don't. (laughs) (laughs) The cleaning lady knew it was in there because this armor is spotless. It's act. It's literally shining in all of the the panels. It's got like a bling on it. (laughs) I don't think shredder ever got to wear it. Why is it shining in a pitch black room? What light is it reflecting? Image comics. Okay. Which is why you have terrible lines like you, you hid like women. Oh yeah. Did we get to that yet? It's right on this page. And I, I don't know. I just, it's a stupid line. Yeah. You, you hit Cause it kind of sounded like you said hit. So if you're not reading along, he tells the Foot Clan that they hid, like hiding, like women, um, which is not something you'd see in a comic today. It really stands out when you're reading it. Like, how hard was it to just put cowards? Yeah. <laughs> so basically, he's telling him, you guys have no honor. And then a Foot Soldier attacks Raphael, but Raph pretty easily knocks him down. He then orders the remaining four to commit seppuku because the, because image basically, but because they're, um, they're not worthy. And as they get ready to start seppuku they ask Raph, can you like, uh, could you just like be our leader instead? Cause that way we get to live. (laughs) of course why is this the first time anyone thought you know one of us puts the armor on then we'd be in charge right yeah (laughs) 
was the first time anybody went for it. It's like, isn't there like a crown in Smash Brothers that's like that or something? Like, I'm just, you know, I don't know how none of them thought to do this, but. So Raphael, of course, agrees. And the four foot soldiers head out to take down cleverly named Big Tony. This last panel on the page, like <laughs> Raph leading the foot soldiers, that panel's yeah. as as bad as the adventure comics with the stick figures, in my opinion. <laughs> like, yeah, this almost looks like hieroglyphic. Hiero, I can't say that word. Hieroglyphics. Yeah, it does. Except that those would be better. Still, I don't know. It, it's cave paintings, maybe. Yeah, cave paintings. It's on par with that. <laughs> yeah, so the, it's like Raphael running with his cape blowing in the wind and then four foot soldiers behind him demonstrating the different stages of jogging. Yeah, they almost look like when you'd make uh, stick figure flip books out in uh, sticky notes. Yeah. And then I, I don't like the next part. <laughs> So in the park, the next part is a man's playing Frisbee with a dog and the dog is snatched by, I guess we know that it's Splinter because he's the only giant mutant bat we've seen at this point. And yeah, he carries the poor dog up to a skyscraper and makes lunch out of him, which at least they don't get too graphic with it because, you know, image comics trying to be edgy at the time could have been way worse, but come on, man, you don't kill the dogs in the story. That's not cool. And then we cut all, I'd rather have seen him scoop up a person yeah, <laughs> and, and eat them. That would have been okay. Um, so in Arkansas, our heroes are, kind of dealing with the death watch fallout which confused me because i they yeah he got shot and killed, killed him in the last issue right so now he's escaping in his spaceship well maybe he just got shot i guess because yeah you're right last issue ended with him getting shot and it implied that the drama was over but i guess not he's got a spaceship that was rebuilt at some point and he takes off in it Leonardo is like, let's go chase this murderer down. But the others are like, hey, you know, Cyborg used to be Donatello needs our help. And Leonardo is like, you know, that that armor is going to heal by itself. We don't need to do anything. He's going to be fine. But then Donatello, I don't know what to call him at this point because he they they're stating that he's not Donatello. You know what I mean? But yeah, the the sentient being that was Donatello is no longer there. Yeah. So not Donat thing that's using Donatello's body states that um you know, we we wounded Death Watch, so uh, the, I'm wounded. Sorry, I mixed my notes up. Um and it's too severe, so it's the host body is now dying for for permanent, and it's um it's not good. I'm damaged too much. The host body's dying. I can't heal. 
And then it try again, we keep comparing this thing to this the symbiote from Spider-Man. And this is a very symbiote move here. Because the host body is dying, it tries to attach itself to Mikey. Which Mikey's not too happy about. Leonardo cuts the link. Um he cuts him away from Michelangelo. And the robot cyborg symbiote weakly starts begging for help. And we talk to Lurch for a little bit. Lurch approaches uh, Don, not Donatello and allows uh, allows the, the cybernetic armor to join with Lurch, which if you don't remember, Lurch was like the shape-shifting creature from like two issues ago. I like the big concern right there is when Lurch starts talking and he's like, he doesn't have vocal cords. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, now he does. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, he uses his brand new vocal cords to tell the turtles that during their last battle, Death Watch said that Donatello isn't dead. So now he's kind of dying, though, because he's mortally wounded. I feel like Robo Lurch just looks like a He-Man figure that never went into production. Yeah, I could see that. It definitely has an action figure vibe to it where it's got like, you remember there were a lot of action figures that had those jet wings that you could click onto their back. Yeah. And he's He's, got those. It's a very uninspired design, which is weird. And Vanguard teleports everyone up to the ship so that they can save Donatello's dying body. Meanwhile, in the Hall of Justice, Raphael and the foot soldiers arrive at Big Tony's mansion. Raphael is talking to Big Tony, telling him, look, I've decided not to kill you since both sides here. We we lost a lot of people, which I guess he's counting the foot clan as his side now, <laughs> which is kind of funny. I mean, this decision happened like five minutes ago. But he's like, look, both sides lost a lot of people. I know they weren't my side yesterday, but uh, yeah, we lost people. You lost people. Let's call it a wash. And then he tells Tony, you know, leave Shadow and Casey out of this. Leave them alone. Because Casey is, I mean, uh, Shadow, she is with her real family. This, this, just because you're blood related doesn't mean you're the, the real family. Casey's the one who cared for her since she was born, unlike Tony's son, who left Shadow's mother while she was still pregnant. So Big Tony reluctantly agrees to a truce pretty much after Raphael threatens to kill him. And um, he also threatens to kill everyone he's ever loved if he doesn't leave them alone. So it means business. So back to the Splinter story. Master Splinter is dreaming. He's hanging upside down here. He's uh, chilling in the astral plane because we forgot about that for a while. 
Yeah, and he contacts Donatello in the astral plane, whose body is dying right now. And so this dynamic is going to play into the next few issues. So keep this in mind. Um, Donatello's body is dying, but he's floating around astral plane land as a normal Ninja Turtle and hooks up with Splinter. Which I like that there's Splinter in the astral plane and there's the Bat Splinter in the astral plane as separate entities. Yeah. And pretty much just as Splinter is about to, you know, make something happen here, there's a cop who wakes him up from his sleep up on the roof. Because you know how cops are always patrolling the rooftops. And you get my favorite (laughs) moment in this issue where he goes in the little shack that Bat Splinter is in. And Bat Splinter's wielding a pitchfork. And I'm like, why is this in a city? I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of barrels of hay on this rooftop. Scree. They're keeping, they're keeping with the scree. So Splinter flies away with his pitchfork and he sees Raphael and the foot clan running on another roof because, you know, there's not a lot of roofs in New York. I like that. He remembers Shredder's armor as the shiny one. (laughs) yeah I love the way they draw his eyes too here like he's not all there yeah he's got like offset eyes it really works so he attacks Raphael and Raphael tells the foot clan Raphael he takes his helmet off and shows look I'm not Orokusaki I am Raphael Turtle they don't have last names. And um Raphael Raphael. And Splinter thinks Raphael is the demon that is haunting him in his sleep, which we know is Donatello, and he runs away uh after stabbing Raphael with the pitchfork to be continued. And I got to say I don't know whether to say it here or next week when we do the next issue, but this is definitely a cheat. Because the way they end this comic definitely implies that Raphael was stabbed in the face with a pitchfork. And I'll spoil it for you. That is not what happened. But I really like it as an ending because you get amazing sound effect porn as your last panel. Oh, yeah. It's it's great. Chunk. And I like Chunk. the blood splatters on it. I don't know. It's a really good image. Despite the fact it's, you know, a word. <laughs> To be continued. That's how they used to say it in Gargoyles. Oh, yeah. So I got some random notes here, and it was basically what we already said, like hide like women, really. Um, And I also thought it was uncharacteristically heartless the way Michelangelo tells the robot to stay on the sinking ship, referring to his brother's dying body as a sinking ship. Yeah, again, it, it, we noticed it last time. Image is having trouble selling the family angle. Yeah, it's like he he has no connection to Donatello anymore, like no emotional attachment. Call it, like I don't know. I just that took me out of the comic for a second when he called him a sinking ship. You should be, you know, your brother's dying, dude. <laughs> and I was, I, it doesn't make sense either because Donnie or uh, Mikey's the one that wanted to bury Donnie's shell. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So I don't know. They're just no one is <laughs> themselves in this issue. So what was your rating for this issue? So I gave this one a 3.8 because it, which is funny because it's a steep drop from last issue. Yeah. It's just, I, everyone's not acting like themselves. Like Leo's really concerned with going after death watch. And I feel like he also would be like, Oh, Donnie, like just the dismissive, Oh, the armor. Yeah. Whatever. He'll heal himself. I don't know. None of the turtles feel like themselves this issue. And I agree. I, I gave it a 3.5 for all like the same reasons, um, especially the Death Watch thing. That I couldn't believe. I was like, really? This isn't, this is supposed to be over. This is, this is like, you know, movies that overstay their welcome. You know, like uh, the Batman is a good example of this where like it should have just ended when the Riddler went to prison. And then they have that whole fourth act. Yeah. Like that, that's what this Death Watch thing is. So for yeah, for that reason it you know, when the Splinter thing feels like it was like, Oh yeah, Splinter, haha. Like, I don't know, it just feels like a filler issue. It doesn't feel like it was it feels like it was basically printed to meet the deadline for the month. Okay. And what's your title? Uh <laughs> so my title for this one is just Scree but in all small letters. (laughs) My title because of the armor swap that we got is new armor. Who dis? (laughs) (laughs) Who dare? Um, so that is our thoughts on that. And there's a Ninja turtle news. We can tie in at the end here. There's a, rumored animation for the or a storyboard for mutant mayhem floating around if you want some spoilers go check that out online um some people think it's real others do not you can find us on twitter and instagram at tmnt nerds gmail tmnt nerds at gmail.com and we also get a new podcast i guess we could mention here Go check out Nintendo Therapy. I'll put that in the show notes. It's our new Nintendo podcast where Sean and I, and we try to get a third person, talk about Nintendo. This week, we're talking about GoldenEye. And what else are we talking about? Congo's Caper. <laughs> yeah, that's on the Switch Online service. Um, And all kinds of news and rumors. Nintendo's making more Switches. That was in the news this week. They're increasing production six years into the system's life. Uh, So demand is high. Anyway, thank you all for listening. And we will see you next week for issue 15, Untitled.